0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're here with the fourth episode of our third season and I will be discussing the first race of the season, the long-awaited start of the Cyclocross season, the Etios Cross in Lokeren. And with me here to do that is Issam. Hey everybody. So the Etios Cross in Lokeren, the men's race is the first race we'll talk about. And later on the women's race will give you some results of youth and German races. And finally we'll have a short touch upon the European Championships on the road in Trento. So to begin with the men's race in Lokeren it was Eli Isebit who had the fastest start but Vincent Bastans quickly took over and basically paced together with Isebit for the first two three laps but then Bastans he blew up kind of what we saw from Quinten Hermans uh, basically last season the entire first two months of it that season but Bastans blew up he disappeared Isebit then attacked but from there on Isebit it basically looked like he was on a cruise but I doubt he was but he comfortably went on to win that race. Behind him there was a somewhat exciting battle for second. It was Lars van der Haar who came basically forward with Jens Adams and Lauren Zweig. He joined Michael van Tournout, who basically was on the podium positions the entire race. In the beginning with Dan Soete but Dan Soete also blew up. So then we had a group of four riders fighting for second and third. But van der Haar and van Thurnhout really were the strongest there. They got the gap and van der Haar ultimately beating van Thurnhout in the last lap for second. Meaning van Thurnhout. And the third. Eli Izabit getting off to a very good start again to his season. some I don't think we're surprised it's the third year he does this, but it looked like he was cruising towards that win, but let's face it, it he eventually did struggle. It was a very tough race.
1: Yeah, it, it was a def- definitely a hard race for him. I mean, it isn't a surprise to see Izebit dominating a, a race at the beginning of the season, but... Uh, It it definitely cost him some energy and um, it it wasn't a smooth victory for sure. But, uh, you know, he was was going very well. He looked very good. He looked sharp. He looked, uh, I think he had an edge on everybody. And, you know, that's obviously shown in the results. But it was overall just a very good result. And, um, you know, great to see the European champion uh, being up there.
0: Yeah, it looked like he was always comfortably in the lead. And I think he was comfortable in the lead. But it was a first race. It was warm. It's a pretty tough parkour with a lot of corners where you need to accelerate lap after lap. And I think it eventually just took his toll. And it meant everyone was tired. You could see a couple of riders falling back more on that later. But van Haaren second, that's maybe a bit more of a surprise.
1: It definitely is. I mean... Van der Haar sometimes has like a bad season opener. Sometimes can actually be very good in a season opener. I think if I recall correctly, one wants the Gerasbergen cross, which is like one of, it's a very early cross in September. Uh, I think it was 2018 or something. But, you know, I I didn't expect him to be in the top three. And for him to be up there, I think that is mentally a very good uh results and i think he's gonna you know take a lot from that and he's you know e- even in his interview he was like i don't really care if i was gonna be today second or fourth or whatever uh i just want to feel very good and i want to feel that the legs are okay and i think he, he felt that he felt that he was uh in a good shape so you know just amazing to see that he was up
0: there yeah season openers are always a bit well Unpredictable. He, of course, won there in Gerardsberg, as you said, but he's also finished outside of the top 10 a couple of times. This time, he ultimately grabbed that second place, and I think it was also down to his experience. You could see riders like, um, of course, I just mentioned them, Dan Soete and Vincent Bastans, they blew up and fell back. Van der Haar did it the opposite way. He was at the back end of the top 10 in the beginning and then just overtook rider after rider and eventually ended second. About Michael van Toornout and third, what do you make of his race?
1: Again, um, a solid performance. You know, it's not um, outstanding, but I, we didn't really expect this from van Toornout in the first race, or at least in the first part of the season. So I think, um, you know, he, he showed himself very a lot in the race. You know, a couple of times he was uh, behind Iserbied alone. He tried to, to bridge the gap. He tried to force something. In the end, I think that cost him second. But definitely a strong result for Van Tournout and I think he's going to look positive um, after this race about his result today and he's, he's looking positive into the future for sure.
0: Let's run down the entire top 10 then, I already said. Easy beat, one in front of Van der Haar and Van Thurnout. Zweig so in fourth, really a uh, anonymous race from him. Yes, he was in that group fighting for the podium, but you never really thought he would have a shot there. Then fifth, Jens Adams, solid race by him. Sixth, Dan Suter, he already blew up. Just told you that. Tone Arts, seventh, Vincent Bastan's eighth after a fast start. Anton Ferdinand the ninth, Anton van der Bos tenth. So basically, Tone Arts here in seventh place is a bit of a disappointing season start for him. What do you make out of this? Is this worrying for his season?
1: Depends. If he didn't really make a goal out of it to be very good in the beginning of the season, I don't think he's going to be worrying too much because he knows that he you know that is not his goal and he's not really he doesn't care too much about this race but if he really just if he really trained to be good right now i would worry a little bit uh because in my opinion i didn't see any positive notes from the race there was not the moment where i was like oh well he he kind of showed there that he had some you know it's an overall problem in a way for arts if it is a problem so you know we will see in the coming races and especially we will see later on as well what are what his goals are and then we can focus a little bit more on that but i think obviously he's not gonna be too happy about his result today
0: Don Art struggling in first races of the season isn't something strange last year he did end second but that was basically an outlier he usually does finish around fourth to seventh place where he was today and last year he did get second but he was almost a minute down on isabit but don't don't forget after that the week after that he was there he won comfortably and basically that went on for a couple of weeks and he did say he was peaking towards those races there in the usa and then from there hopes to be consistent for the rest of the season well if he wants to be good there it isn't bad to have a bit of a dip now because it's in four or five weeks time in five weeks to be precise so now you still want to be doing some big training you probably did a week of big training this is just an atheist cross, next week is just an atheist cross, the week after it's just an atheist cross, I mean, it's really no harm if you don't get good results there, as long as you for yourself can feel that there is a bit of improving improvement there, you're getting into a rhythm, and I think for Donards that could definitely be the case, and if I was Donards, I wouldn't be worried, I mean, it's the first race of the season, it was warm, it was a tough course, you need to get into a rhythm, as long as you're as long as long you're good in Gita, I think you should be fine. Well, is there any other names in or just outside the top ten you would like to uh, talk about this on?
1: Um well I think I think we can talk about the the under twenty-three guys maybe. Especially with Ferdinand in ninth and van der Boss in tenth. I think those two and then obviously behind that it was also van der Putte. I think those three and especially Ferdinand that was very strong overall in the beginning of the race, then had a you know, he struggled a little bit at the end, towards the ends, especially from the boss and from the who were a little bit more in that position. But I think those three, we we were expecting them a li- maybe a little bit too high in a in a way, but still very good performances from them, and definitely one of those guys is gonna perform very well in one of those races that are coming up.
0: Yeah, definitely you could see those under-23 riders ending at the back end of the top 10. You could see they were more towards the front in the earlier phase of the race. This is either down to unexperiencedness that they have that they don't know or they basically overestimate themselves in the beginning of the race or it's just the youth that they don't have the volume to be able to ride for an hour because they're used to riding 50 minutes as under-23 riders. And you just mentioned three names, but if you look a bit further in 12th place, another under-23 rider, Witzemielse. For Witzemielse, in my opinion, it's about time to really show the talent he has, because in 2018-2019 season, he came second at the World Championships for the Juniors, but after that, he had... I think he got injured the season after that, and last year was, of course, the COVID season in which he didn't get great results either, but today with the 12th place, in my opinion, he shows that the talent is definitely in him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's uh, for vize obviously, he has to show some promise, but I don't really feel like, you know, he's also a year younger than those two guys, than the three guys, he's only 20 years old at the moment, so, you know, I, I think for him, uh, he should take it very easy and... He shouldn't, you know. It's we we expect a lot from these youngsters from a very young age because that is kind of the pattern and um, the way it's going at the moment. But some some youngsters really need to have some time to grow in. But it's definitely a good sign that he is up there with those three. Obviously, there's a bit of a gap between them, but it's still a promising result. And you know, we will just see in the season how it will go for him
0: let's then talk about the women's race because the women's race was a bit more interesting there we saw a horrendous start from the both Igor Krellon girls Manon Bakker and Yara Kastelein they had shockers of a start meaning they were somewhere around 20th place going into the field This meant that early on in the race, Van Van Empel was opening a gap, but Anik van Alphen and Inge van Heide closed that. Betsma slightly caught off guard at the start, but she managed to close that gap, so meaning we had those four leaders for almost the entire race. Van Empel was last of those four, slightly distanced a couple of times, but eventually she came back when Betsma made a bike change. Betsma had some kind of issue with her bike, and she was distanced. Van Empel took the lead. Basically slowed down so Betsema could come back, but that was very fortunate because Inge van der Heide was in her wheel She made a mistake, crashed, held up the rest. Inge van der Heide hampered by that crash then uh, got distanced Van Alpha closed the gap with Betsema and the wheel, three leaders going into the final lap. In that final lap Betsema made a mistake So it looked to be like Van Alpha and Van Empel would fight it out But Van Empel took the lead and then dropped the pace so Betsema could come back Then after that, it was Van Alpha who thought I should probably take the lead if I want to win. Very smart by her. She attacked. But ultimately, that attack came just short. She did drop Van Ampel. But then it was Betsma who took the lead and dropped the pace so Van Empel could back. Well, the team game was played very well because after that, we were going into a narrow section. Betsma was leading. Van Empel dived bomb Van Alpha, Meaning Van Empel let a small gap fall. Easy win for Betsma following that. Van Empel second and Van Alpha third well, I already said it in the summary, is, um, this was really a good team play by Paul Souser-Bingo.
1: Yeah. yeah, it w- it was. I I doubt if she needed it in a way, but it was definitely well played, and especially for Van Ampo, who seemed to struggle all over the race in a way, that she was able to, in the end, play a role for Betsma. I think both of them, but especially Betsma, is now really confident going into the rest of the season that she knows she has a you know, a team player that is willing to uh, to help her if she feels that the other one is a bit stronger. So, I think overall, it's I think both Paul Sauser girls are are, are going to be very happy and are going to be looking forward to the rest of the season.
0: Well, Denise Betzma, she looked good today, but she didn't look. Fully concentrated, and personally, I think that was down to a lack of rhythm. I mean, you could see her making quite some mistakes, which she usually doesn't, especially that one in the last lap. But before that, she also made quite some mistakes, and I think that was just it. Just shows that you need time to really get into a rhythm, and for some riders, that goes easier than for others.
1: Yeah, I agree. But you know, it's the first race of the season. You know, for most of them, some even didn't really train too much in the field, so. For some, it's like from the road straight onto the field. So I think, um, you know, she made some mistakes. She normally makes sometimes some mistakes. She had a mechanical as well. Um, it's the first race of the season. So for, for you know, making mistakes, is it's better you make the mistakes now than you're going to make them in the Super Prestige or in the X2O Valkamer Trophy or something. So it's it's a bit of the charm of, of, of such a race that you see those mistakes uh, being made. And that the temperature is so high and everything so it makes it fun and makes it very nice to watch
0: about that mechanical maybe we shouldn't look into it too much but we did see two bike changes today and both were from paul sauser bingo riders i forgot to mention at the men's race lauren Zweig had a bike change because he had a broken shifter betsema had a bike change because her cable that goes from her shifter to her brake was broken so basically she was riding with only her front brake I personally think that if we see this happen in the future races next week and the week after, then we should start asking questions, but this is maybe the only thing that didn't look good at Paul Sauser-Bingo. The,
1: the, the mechanics that are working there are not really happy with it, and also you know, the guys uh, that are uh, responsible for all the material and the, the sponsors of the bike and stuff, I don't think they feel very happy with uh, what happened today, obviously not all the big race, and like you said, we shouldn't be looking too much into it, but It says something and uh, maybe something we can focus on for a couple of races to come to see if this is a pattern we're going to see with the mechanics, uh, with the uh, mechanical failures for the power thousand team, or it's just going to be a one-off we'll see.
0: Let's run down the entire top 10 then. We had the top 3 of Betsema van Empel van Alpha. Just outside that, the recovery from Yara Kastelijn after her bad start. Inge van Heide finishing 5th after her crash. 6th, Helene Clausel 7th, Anna K. 8th, Alicia Frank. 9th, Manon Bakker. And 10th, Mautkap Tijms. would like to speak briefly about Helene Clausel. I think that was a pretty good race by her to end
1: 6th. I, I, th- I think so too. I mean, this is... Um... We named her in the preview. We were, uh, or at least you guys did. I wasn't there with the preview. But you expect a little bit from her. But this is uh, definitely a very good result to be in the top 10. And um, it's it's better that she's now in the top 10. So we have also some other flags only than the, the, the Dutch uh, flags at the moment in the top 10.
0: Certainly also with Anna K in seventh. I think it was a decent ride by her. She usually needs a bit of time to get into her rhythm. Then Frank in eighth. Also a good performance by her.
1: Yeah. I agree. I think Frank already last year made some steps. It were not the biggest steps, but you could see in some races that she was improving bit by bit. And uh, I think uh, that we're going to see a bit of the same this season. I think that she improved in in a in a positive way and that she's going to be that she's going to be fighting a little bit more for those top 10s um, also in the next coming races in the season.
0: I would like to make a short note about Maud Kapteins and Sophie de Boer, both riders who have been struggling the past few years. We saw them riding in the top 10 for quite some while, eventually falling back a bit, Kapteins 10th, De Boer 15th. Good to see them back. These are some older riders, I mean Kapteins is 27, but uh, De Boer is 31. The younger riders, on the other hand, if you look at the under 23s, we saw Van Empel ending second, 13th place for Durafu. We mentioned her in the season preview podcast. Strong ride by her, and then in 16th, first year's under 23, Femke cohort ending 16th there. Pretty good performance by her. She has been racing last weekend in some non-UCI cyclocross races winning one and ending second in the other she got hit by a car this week on training and then ending 16th here is very good and she has never been the biggest talent throughout the youth categories but this is a promising result in my opinion
1: yeah it is i mean it's it's definitely not a bad result you know so um especially for somebody that is now 17 18 i think it's it's definitely you know A strong result and um, you know maybe someone to keep an eye on for not this season but definitely for maybe the under 23 races or for next season
0: we will definitely be keeping an eye out on her as well as we do with all the other talent the junior and newcomer races were finally back in local just as the spectators the top three of the juniors race was Jordi Korsus first year junior winning the race in front of Niels Keulemans and Toon van den Berg I will also be giving you the top three of another C2 race, the Four Bikes Festival Cyclocross race in Lützelbach in Germany. Marcel Meiser won the men's race in front of Thijs Arts and Timon Rueck. These riders collecting some very important UCI points. And in the women's race, it was another German win. It was Judith Kral who won in front of Juliette Trombi and Kiona Krabbe, all 20 years old we cannot end this podcast without briefly talking about what happened today on the road in Trento the European Championships under 23 road race were held and Thibaut Nice won the rider who wasn't selected for the European or World Championships under 23 this year did make the selection for the road race and he won and he did it in style what a ride by him
1: yeah, I think uh, there was an impressive uh, race from him, obviously, closing that gap. That was very vital to be in the front group. And then, um, you know, very hectic sprint as well. In the last corner, it didn't really look well there within two, you know, between two guys going into that corner. I was, you know, a bit worried about that. But, you know, the sprint then and beating the the likes of Baroncini and uh, Ayuso is, you know, incredible, really didn't really expect it you were talking about it uh, to be honest that you know he might he might have a chance to win the under 23 european championships on the road but you know that he actually realized you know realizing it it's it's uh, incredible
0: yeah, I did think he was always going to have a chance, but that he would do it in this style, the parkour was a bit more difficult than what I expected from it. Thibaut Nice also saying that the parkour at the World Championships in two weeks is even better for him. I think for the World Championships it will be difficult because now, of course, this is his first road race outside of Belgium. So, baroncini and especially Ayuso, Ayuso probably doesn't even know who Thibaut Nice is. Well, he knows now. Ayuso got mugged today, Spain riding all day for Ayuso, and then Ayuso not being able to drop them, whilst being arguably the biggest talent according to some after Remco Evenepoel, well, he got clapped by Thibaut Nice today, who is a cyclocross rider who has only ridden club races in Belgium this summer. So, it's very impressive what he's done, and I think he really benefited from the fact that the others didn't really know who he was and how fast he was. And that will be different now, going into the World Championships in Löva. But if he rides like this, the climbs are also shorter there. I don't see why Thibaut Nï shouldn't be among the favorites to win that World Championship there.
1: Yeah, definitely after this result, I, and he knows the parkour very well. He trains there sometimes, so I I think he he has his goals set on that World Championships, and I I give him a lot of. Um, a lot of chances there that he's going to be able to to also win the world championships but now he's going to be a favorite there now he has probably he needs to control the race now they're all going to look at him so it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with the pressure how he deals with uh, really controlling a race with the, with the belgium team which is a quite strong team but we will see and they, you know if he's able to become also world champion you know that's going to be something else
0: Yeah, I think becoming world champion will be very difficult. I think the Dutch also have a very strong team going there. But Belgium also have a strong team. So it could be in for a very classic Netherlands v Belgium cyclocross-style battle. But there will definitely be some other riders who we should certainly should keep in the back of our heads for that race. But that's in two weeks' time. Nice, very surprised himself. He was crying. He said, normally I would be starting my cyclocross season today. I never thought I would be able to do something like this. And about the cyclocross season, we know he will be starting in Gieten and then ride the World Cups in the USA with the pros. What do you expect him to do in the cyclocross season? I know it's a bit early, but does this tell you anything about his level for the cyclocross season?
1: It tells me he made a step. Um, he made a step in a good direction. But to be here right now, I'm gonna say like, oh yeah, he's gonna be in the top five now. He's gonna be fighting. No, I. <laughs> i want i want to see with my own eyes what he's gonna do i think i think that he's gonna be you know uh a top 10 guy i think he's gonna be maybe on the level from the Putte, from the boss a little bit like that and maybe a little bit better but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be here shouting that he's that he's gonna be on the podium every race or something but it wouldn't surprise me if he's gonna win one of those elite races and i'm not talking about the the classified races but I think in ATS if he's going to be there in one of those races who knows maybe
0: yeah I think he will be very good this cyclocross season certainly in the top 10 or at least the back end of the top 10 quite a few times will he be able to compete for the win well in my opinion it's just very hard to say I don't expect that in Gita I don't expect that in those World Cups in the USA but hey I'll let him surprise me as he's done so many times including today. Well, I think we've had it then for this episode of the Soccer Cross Social podcast. Issam, thank you for joining me.
1: No worries, thank you for having me, man.
0: Next week, we'll be back with the ATS course in Behringen. No preview, just a post race show. See you guys then. Goodbye.